But the game in question is Humankind. So I'm not going to lie. The name sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. Truly, could I couldn't tell you what genre it is. Mm-hmm. What what does it look like? Yeah. What's it about? Based on the name, is it about Zambos? Zambos, no. Damn. Okay. I was just thinking like humankind. Well, what's the opposite of humans? Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was trying to be like, I thought you meant. I thought you meant the thing that uh, that cleats ice on hockey rings. No, not Zambonis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> zombies. I was like, what? <laughs> Zo- and then you said zombies. Okay, that makes so oh much boy, more sense. No, zombies. Uh, but- <laughs> Wait, so was I right after all? <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with zombies. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno, bonjourno, bonjourno. Oh, keeping it up. We're up up to three. Number three for 2023. (laughs) Let's go. So far, so good. Uh, but oh, we are here boy. and excited to bring another episode of Team Chat Podcast, uh, where we're going to talk about a very fun game that I've been playing recently. Uh, but then also, you know, just the normal Possibly fun. talk about another game. We'll That's see true. how it goes. See. I want to know how much Jarrett has to say about this game uh, Yeah, it's a game that I started playing, and I was putting my notes, and I was like, this might be more of a first impressions. But then as I get into it, I was like, there's actually a lot more here to explain. <laughs> you were Compare and contrast. It. Yeah. You know? And so it might take a little bit more time than I'm expecting. So, yeah, potentially two fun little reviews coming at you today. But, uh, you know, where can you listen to Team Chat Podcast? You found this one episode, but where do you find the rest? Well, you can listen to us on podcast services around the World Wide Web on Thursday mornings when the new episodes release. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. Also, you can check out our social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server where, we're, where we have a lot of great conversations when we're not here recording the show. And finally, you can also support the show and make, help make it bigger and better by going to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, just like Super Saiyan Ace, Elise F, Zach S, Mariah S, Susan M, James K, Michael B, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W have done, where they've gone to support the show for as little as a dollar a month. And in return, we're giving them cool perks like uh, early access to the episodes before their general Thursday release and access to a private channel on our Discord server, The Rogues Gallery, as well as some custom emotes, uh, emojis, whatnot, all that fun stuff. But if you can't do that, that's no big deal at all. We totally understand. So... You know, again, inflation, price of eggs, orange juice, all that stuff that's making it expensive these days. We totally understand. Orange so, juice. If you can't, yeah, that's the next big one, apparently. Huh. I've been seeing that. Is in that the because that one, like, simply whatever, they got sued for having, like, toxic chemicals in their orange juice? I don't know about that, mm. if that's the reason. But apparently, it's some, like, weather related things, climate, all oh. that jazz. Mm, yeah, the, but the anyway, usual sp- so suspects. your Sunny D might be a little bit more expensive. <laughs> sunny D so doesn't have can't. real oranges <laughs> in it. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> It's the weakest you can get. <laughs> but there are free ways that you can support oh, the show, boy. such as telling your friends, writing rev- writing us a review, uh, t- uh, subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show. All that uh, helps get the word of Team Chat Podcast out to the masses, and we are eternally grateful and love each and every one of our viewers, listeners, and patrons alike. You almost Boom. caught me off guard. I caught you off guard yeah, this I wasn't time. quite ready. I was kind of waiting for it to start the whole time, well, but it never did. Mostly because I was taking a Snapchat of your little uh, stormtrooper over there. Oh, who's dead? With the caption of, we stand a plank king. <laughs> He's really killing it. He fell over. He's in the perfect play position. He's been holding it for days. It looks very intentional. I just kind of thought that you were getting creative with him. No, Birdie's tail sometimes causes uh, casualties among the ranks Hilarious. right there. So. Well, he's going to have the, the most solid core you've ever seen in your life. Good Deflect for him. lightsabers with how hard that six-pack is He's getting be. ready for Calcastus number two. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm getting closer to, speaking of that, getting closer to finishing up God of War Ragnarok. Um, I think I have about five-ish of the main story missions left. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I was I was looking, I had to look, I was like, I need to know how much I have of this game left, or else I'm going to be playing this game until uh, Jedi Survivor comes yeah. out. And I do think I really would like to at least, maybe not make it through the whole game again, but at least play some a fallen order again yeah. before I, before uh, survivor you know that out. really just makes me think that i'm always doing save files wrong because there are lots of people that make mm-hmm. multiple save files at different stages of the game just in case they want to like go back and redo something specific how do you how do you do it then uh, I, well, I don't know how it's possible with like the newer games that auto save. I assume you just turn off auto save, okay, and then have to like do it 
manually, but like with Resident Evil, for example, you know, back in the day of save slots, right. you would just save to a new slot, mm-hmm. like anytime you had something. So I feel like I should be doing that more because there are lots of games that I want to go back to and play again, but I've replayed just the first chunk so many times. Because it's, it's like, hard. I should yeah. really just have another chunk in the middle <laughs> so that I can go back to Breath of the Wild and already have like two <laughs> right. of, of the things done. But and be like, the Wild okay. doesn't really work that way. That's true. Yeah, I guess it just depends on the game. Anyways. I know that like some games like Horizon and God of War allow you to do a save slot. Yeah, they do. And then I feel like most big RPGs and stuff like that. So I usually I usually don't though. I usually have just like one slot. And I just like constantly override just the save. Going for it. I don't know. Because then it's gonna go crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every time I feel like, ooh, this feels important, I might want to come back to it, I'm gonna be making a save and then I'm gonna have a bajillion save files. Yeah. And and then in all honesty, am I really gonna go back to it? Maybe. 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 But there's a good chance <laughs> probably not. <laughs> So I just am like, eh, why well, well, try? Why well, yeah. try? Well, pretty much as soon as I'm done with Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, yeah, you've been I, So that. right fun. now, the current, um, oh gosh, it's the very end of the month. So when this episode comes out, hopefully hopefully it will still be up. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is one of yes. the free PS Plus games, even for the lowliest PS Plus account holders. It actually might not be. I think by the time this is oh, out, I think it'll, be, it'll already, already be out. Yeah, oh. but it's the, January, it's the January PS Plus game. Yeah, it's the January PS Plus game. So when I'm done Oh, no, with, wait. Because they always stay around for a couple more days. Yes, because it's the first Tuesday of the month, and the yeah. Tuesday is the last is still the last day of January. So yes, yes, you will still have a few more days after this episode comes out. There so we go. go download it for yeah. free, if PS Plus subscribers. So, anyways, after I finish Oregon the Will of the Wisps, which I'm pretty close to, yeah. I think I might circle back around and either finish uh, Crash Four. It's about time. Or move on to Jedi Fallen Order and just just test the waters, nice. see what it's nice. like. I've see actually, if it's interesting. I, th- I think you could like it. I think there's a there's a solid chance you could like it. It it was a pretty fun game. It looks fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. The combat's a lot of fun to get to learn. The story was really great. I, I like all the characters. Tiny robot. Yeah, BB One is awesome. Everybody likes it. Where where's our little friend? Uh, he's up on the on the oh. on there with Cal. I want to get the Lego set of him. Ooh, that'd be fun. It's like a hundred dollar set. Is it a is it a cool. big one? It's like yeah, it's oh, like he it's like, like stands. just the little it's robot, just but the it's robot. huge. Yeah. I like that. It's very yeah, cool. That'd be fun. Uh, that would be a really fun one. Uh, but w- while though it isn't Fallen Order, I have been playing a new Star Wars game for me though on the Switch, and it's uh it's an old one. It's like an old star- uh, port of an old Star Wars game. Uh, star Wars, uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi or Star Wars Jedi Academy is what oh. it is. So it's like Dark Forces. Oh, that's I right. Think? Something like that. Or, uh, but anyway, I bought it a long time ago for my Mac, but then like just never got around to playing it. Then I saw it. Then it was on sale for like five dollars on Switch. I was like, sure, let's do this. And I've been playing it. It's a lot of fun. Nice. So, uh, a good throwback game. Nice to to try out an old classic. So yeah. you know, but it's been a fun time playing that. But that's neither here nor there because that's not what we're ta- here to talk about today. The game that I am here. To give a first impression slash review, probably really more review. I feel like, it, well, I don't know. I feel like I need a little bit more time in it before I can officially say like. Definitively. Definitively. I do like the game, I will say. Uh, but the game in question is Humankind. So I'm not going to lie. The name sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. Truly, could I couldn't tell you what genre it is. Mm-hmm. What, what does it look like? Yeah. What's it about? Based on the name, is it about Zambos? Zambos, no. Damn, okay. I was just thinking like humankind. Well, what's the opposite of humans? Zombies. <laughs> oh, I was trying to think. Like, I, thought you meant, I thought you meant the thing that uh, that cleans ice on hockey rinks. No, not Zambonis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> zombies. I was like, what? Z- and then you said zombies. Okay, that makes so oh, much boy. more sense. No, zombies. Uh, but- <laughs> Wait, so was I right after all? <laughs> no, you it know, has nothing to do with zombies. zombies. <laughs> um, who knows? Maybe there's a mod that allows for zombies. I don't know. Uh, but no, Humankind is actually a turn-based strategy game uh, oh. a la Civilization. Huh. Uh, so it's actually a gasp PC game that <gasps> oh I've been playing. Oh, my God, Jared. And here to talk about it. A non-console game. Good gasp, Lord. clutch my pearls. <laughs> I'm but- clutching them. <laughs> But Humankind, uh, I had been kind of looking for another strategy game to play uh, because, honestly, I was a little disappointed in how much Age of Empires 4 didn't click with me uh, at the end of 20... Was that 2021? I think whenever Age of Empires 4 came out. Around that time, I was excited for it, and I was like, hell yeah, let's get another strategy game in the mix. You know, I've been playing Civ. I constantly still play Civ. If you've keeping up in the Discord, Civ, for like the third year in a row, has been my most yeah. played game on the Switch with a couple hundred hours every year. So I put a lot of time into Civilization yeah. still. But I had been kind of being like, I want to branch out. 
I want to try something else and decided that humankind was probably going to be the way to go. Like I said, Age of Empires 4, I want to try it. It just didn't really click as much with me as much as I thought it would. I think, honestly, it is kind of the real-time strategy aspect of it gets a little overwhelming that I'm like, I'm trying to farm my food and train troops, but I'm also being attacked, so I need to only focus on military, but now I'm behind. You know, it's like all that kind of stuff like starts to get a little much and kind of hard to be like, oh man, I need to... Games like StarCraft? Yeah. Hard pass. Like, I love StarCraft. I love the look, the aesthetic, and the feel of it. But the The music of it, but just like the, like, there's no way in hell I'm going to become good enough to like play it multiplayer good god no the level Uh, of overwhelm that i feel just like seeing it happen it's like no especially when you see that zerg swarm come in you're just like guess i'll die i'll die (laughs) exactly so you know uh that aspect didn't really stick out to me that much so i was kind of like you know what no i'll try out humankind i've heard it has a lot of similarities to civ i feel like it could be the one that kind of like is the the break from Civ that's like still in the same realm, but brings me some new things while I wait for the eventual announcement of Civ Seven. Fingers crossed that Thanks day comes you. soon. But anyway, I have to I have to say though I am proud to say, uh, happy to say that the game uh, does hold up very well and is a fun like a side game to have with civilization and everything like that. But let me talk about what actually happens in Humankind. To start off with, Humankind was developed by Amplitude Studios and was published by Sega. Oh, it was wow, released really? on yeah right, I know I kind of read that and I was like oh wow that feels w- weird and wrong <laughs> right uh, it was released on October twenty first twenty twenty for PC although they are in the works and have announced that there will be other uh, console ports coming out gotcha. later for Xbox PlayStation all that jazz <laughs> so like I said though it's a turn based strategy game where you lead your people through changing eras and cultures to become the greatest empire in the world so it does start off with this standard. Here's a map. You can't see hardly any of it. You got to go explore it. Uh, you start off with a group as just a group of scouts, and you eventually have to like go around. And uh, this is where one of the, like the big differences of civilization is. Civ, you start off with a settler and a warrior, like in Civ Six that I'm talking right. about for the comparison. And you eventually, and it's like key to found to found that first city very quickly oh, okay. because you don't. Um, because, you know, that's how you immediately start to get your resources and start growing your empire and all that stuff. So, uh, humankind does it differently. Oh, man, that's going to be really hard to make to keep track of which game I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> humankind does it differently, though, where in the very first age, the Neolithic age, you start off as like a hunting party. And you don't found a city for several turns. You don't found an outpost for several turns because you actually are going to have to go around and make these discoveries of food, science, and influence that you find throughout the map. And they're just little like random things that will pop up. So you just have to run around. There'll be like some animals you have to hunt, stuff like that. So there is a little bit more of that like live resource gathering that that you get from the real-time strategy of the Age of Empires games. Uh, But... Whereas, you know, Civ, there's just like, here's a tile that has deer on it. And you like continually farm or like camp, build a camp on that resource to gain right. its resources. It's a little bit more board gamey, for yes. lack of a better word. No, that's a really great way yeah. to describe it. Because it is still like a hex-based uh, uh, tile system that you yeah. move on and the different things like that. So yeah, but a little bit more alive because like the deer will move. You'll have to chase it. You know, you have to fight it and stuff like that to hunt it and collect I'm, its resources. I'm sure that this isn't how it works. But in my head, what you're describing, the hunting of animals in semi-real time, I'm I'm just thinking of like shooting at bears from the Oregon Trail. Does it like oh. enter into a little mini game where you just like have to line up the sights and then get them? Actually, kind of. <laughs> yes. But in a slightly different way. Uh, and so it's actually really fun. And one of the big departures, I'll go ahead and talk about it now since we're bringing it up, is that one of the big departures is how combat is handled in, in between okay. in humankind between civilization. In civilization, it is you have a unit, uh, you will attack that unit based on the various modifiers and things like that. They will roll, you know, RNG magic determines victor and all that stuff. Gotcha. In humankind, you can group units together into into form like, well, I guess uh, like armies. So you can have like a group of five units stacked together, but they don't have to be the same unit. It can be like a horseman with an archer with a swordsman and they travel as one in one group. When you interact with another enemy or say a deer that you want to fight, you have the option to battle in either doing an instant resolution battle. So the computer AI RNG magic does its thing. Gotcha. Or you could do manual battles where you get to deploy your troops based on like geographic uh, advantages, like put your archers up on a hill, your swordsmen to the front and your, and your cavalry in the back, that kind of action. So then when you fight, you get to like 
do your attacks and everything and choose which units attack which unit. That's because pretty cool. It is really cool. Yeah. With the ultimate goal of either killing all their troops, like if you were hunting a deer, or uh, you they each... Uh, an opposing army will have a camp that has a flag. And if you can keep a tur- uh, one of your units on their flag for like a turn, then you win awesome. and stuff like that. But it's really cool too, because like some of these battles can be huge. Cause like at the end of one of the games I was playing, you can have like six plus units in an army group. So like it can be pretty substantial and other units can be added in later turns. Oh Wow. As they move closer. Reinforcements. It is. Yeah. Because the battles take turn. Uh, there are three rounds to a battle in each turn. And if the battle th- is not resolved in those three turns, it carries over to the next turn huh. and continues until the battle is over. So it's a very fun way of doing combat that way, other than just the quick like one-off. Whereas in Civ, true, battles can last for several turns because like units may not necessarily be killed in one turn of fighting. But it's not to the same like depth in, in style of like the manually planning out and deploying your troops across the battlefield. So it's pretty cool that way. These both remind me, both of what you're describing remind me so much of just watching Bro Mogan play Civ Mm -hmm. obsessively over the Christmas break, but also taking breaks for Triangle Strategy. Ah. Because Triangle Strategy has more of that um, sort of geographic advantage to the turn-based combat where placing your people on different like heights around the map or in different environmental things works to your favor. Versus Civ, which just kind of became a running joke between me and my mom, because every time you enter combat, that stupid little drum line plays. <laughs> so just like that, that one little drum beat became like a meme in the household, because it's just like, wow, I, I, we would just love to not hear it anymore. <laughs> I'm glad to know that uh, Bromogan is keeping up with his Civ, obse- oh, Civ he's, obsession. He's keep, keeping it up. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but the, one of the other things that... Um, so going back to kind of like how the game starts and how this it's formatted and everything. So after you've kind of established those first few, you know, you find those resources and things like that on the map and everything, uh, you then do also, you have to like, part of those discoveries will gain you influence, which is basically uh, akin to civilization's culture amount. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, but the influence that you gain after you get like five influence, then you can build an outpost, which means you can actually claim a territory. Oh. And so that's where this is a little bit different. And then after you get, accumulate a little bit more influence or maybe advance into the first actual era, the classical or ancient era, I believe, then you can convert your first outpost into a city for free. And that's where the game kind of starts to really like branch out and starts to gotcha. like get to really explore the different options. The thing about humankind, though, and where it does share similarity with Civ is that the end goal is to like either accumulate enough score or hit a certain victory condition where you are declared like the best empire of the land. Either a, there's no one else standing use scientific discoveries or through like just plain old score and stuff like that. But where the major differences start with the two games is civilization. You choose an empire, say, uh, you know, Britain, India, uh, China, something like that. And you play as that empire, for the entire game. This is where humankind, I think, is pretty interesting. You start off in that Neolithic age, your huntsman, your tribe of just like hunter-gatherers trying to forge some supplies. When you finally make that move into an actual age, an era, you choose a culture, i.e. an empire. So cool. like, but it's based on empires that were prevalent that were prominent in that actual time period of history, such as you're gonna get like uh, I played as in my first game as the Mycenaeans, an ancient like wow. militaristic you know group. They're also like the Hittites, Assyrians, uh, you know, all these like more ancient cultures like that. Then, so the, the, the Atlanteans that would be really cool. That would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> there might can't wait for that Atlantis expansion. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool. That would be. Uh, awesome. There are a lot of mod packs for humankind that I haven't explored yet, but that that would be really cool if there was one of those. Do they have like the uh, ancient Aztec and yeah, the Maya? Like Aztec, oh, cool. I, the game that I just restarted on the Olmecs. I started Ooh, as the Olmecs. Wow. So so well, what what a niche choice. <laughs> I know, but it's really cool because each culture has like different um, bonuses and stuff based on what type of culture like the Mycenaeans I was wanting to like start off as like a salt like playing a more uh, military based game just because that seems easier to grasp that as a as a victory condition rather than the all the yeah. other ones like as I was trying to learn everything else so I started with the Mycenaeans uh, the game I'm doing now is like the Olmecs they are more of like an expansionist like growth culture based empire so their bonuses are set more toward that towards that is your biggest cultural bonus for building those really big uh stone heads yes actually <laughs> incredible 
10 out of they 10. get like plus two extra food if they're oh, for each uh, farm tile they're next to fantastic. and stuff like that so but the whole point is you advance through these ages by collecting uh era stars and you do that by hitting certain achievements because there are seven different categories that you can go th- that you can try to achieve these stars through. There's military where you like a certain number of uh, military units defeated. There's you know certain amount of money that you raised, influence that you gather, uh, science that you discover, thing- things like that. And when you collect seven of these stars, you then have the option to advance to the next era and everything like that. But you can technically earn. 21 stars because the winner of the game is determined by whoever has the highest fame score, which is what these era stars determine. Basically, is this all making sense? Yeah. I know there's a lot to this going. I mean, it just sounds like you go through different eras of time. Right. And depending on how well you do during that era, you either earn stars or you don't. Exactly. And then at the end of the game, the amount of stars that you have from your collective time periods is what determines you winning or losing. Boom. Perfect. Very, I so, play a lot of board games, okay. though. Keep in I know. mind. I'm very, I know. I'm also, very familiar I'm also with thinking the... that I'm not only explaining this to you, I'm explaining it to the of masses. Of course. Yes. You know, like the, the so I just want to make sure as long as, as long as you're as long as you're out there, you're <laughs> understanding it too, I feel like we're doing good. I just want to make sure I wasn't up yeah. here and was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> no, I totally so am. Anyway, so anyway, you progress the eras in that way. But again, the other difference from civilization here, when it's time to advance to a new era, you can choose a new culture. So you huh. may have started as, say, the Mycenaeans, in my case, advanced to the next era, classical era, something like that, and then I'm going to be the Persians or something like that. Or, you know, the Romans, maybe, oh, when, the, the when it gets to that part. The Ottomans, when <laughs> yeah. it gets to that. Yeah. So, and then, once that happens, you then take on that culture's, um, you know, unique traits That's really and abilities. Cool. It is cool, because yeah. I like that that reflects, like, the actual changing landscape of the earth and like just like what empires rose and fell throughout time yeah, that's a really nice way to represent that yeah i think so too you also have the chance the the option to just transcend the culture that you already chose you become and you get like ghosts. you achieve uh like you get it like a percentage higher fame score each time you get a star or something like that <laughs> so there are some like bonuses to it as well but it's really cool not only do you get the option to change but the ai can as well so like i've gone against Somebody who started off as like the ancient, uh, the ancient Chinese, then they changed to the uh, the French, and now they're uh, somebody else. I can't remember now, but so it's really cool that like all that gets to happen. Can I ask a very basic question? Sure. So I've seen Civ in action, and you know, at least on the Switch, graphics not super impressive. The little cutscenes are kind of nice between like the different world rulers. What is yeah. the visual look of humankind? Like, is it pixelated? No, it's very nice. Oh, it's actually in my head. I was like imagining one of those retro styled pixel games. I don't know why. No, this is actually a, uh, it's like the map is actually one of the notes is like the, like the high praises of it. I have of this. The map is beautiful. <laughs> like the map is very well detailed and very well animated and stuff. And actually like has, uh, terrain features like the map of Civ except for like a map like when you see a hill it's just like little bumps on the tile yeah. if you see a mountain it's a mountain on a tile this one has full on like plateaus and like valleys in the map and all very cool very textured very kind of 3D but still that top down look yeah. that you're used to so uh, that to me is like one of the really big things that I like about it too you can zoom out like an overarching like view to like see your different territories and things under your control like then that. can zoom in like very close and get very detailed it's a lot of it's very pretty maps um, the other thing I like about it is kind of and where some differences to Civ are in city management and how you earn new territory in Civ the amount of culture that you earn will after a certain amount of turns expand your borders automatically in humankind you first will claim a territory by founding an outpost that takes like four or so turns to build and become functioning. After you earn a certain amount of influence, you can turn that into a city, which then unlocks all the different districts and quarters like farms, markets, industry, different stuff like that. And everything that enhances the cities, you can start building those after you've converted it into a city. Gotcha. Um, But you expand the territory by going to another territory space with another unit settler whatever founding another outpost which then you then annex that outpost to the city because you can only have a certain amount of time a a set number of cities like four to five like actual cities the rest have to be these outposts that are annexed territories i see so it's really cool in that way you know it's there's it's and so i'm still really kind of in i would say like learning the ins and outs of it that's why I, i really can't necessarily say like hey i like 
this game is fantastic. I do have a lot of fun with it, and I have had a lot of fun with it. The only thing, and why I kind of am hesitant to say, like, okay, uh, you know, is this like is this a Civ killer or something? Which spoiler? It's not Civ. Is still were people game. saying that when Human Kind was? Coming I think they out? were kind of thinking it has the possibility. Oh, it like gotcha. seemed like the biggest contender is what I was I like see. reading and seeing a lot of, and so that was part of what piqued my curiosity for it as well. It was like, ooh. Maybe it is like, you know, I'm not opposed to trying new things. I'll try something out. Uh, You can only hear that stupid drum line so many times (laughs) before you really need to move on. I know. Uh, So, you know, I thought I would try it out. I don't think it has enough yet to quite overtake Civ in my my mind, but I think there's a lot there. The one kind of thing that makes me think that is in that first game that I was playing where I was playing it as the Mycenaeans, I like somehow blazed through the era scores. Like I was getting everything was, which made me feel like, Oh, I'm doing this right. But then I got to the contemporary era, the final era, but I still only had medieval technologies. And I'm like, oh, what? You what happened? Like I completely outfa- outpaced the, the game. Huh? And, but like, so was the rest of the world. Like it wasn't Weird. like like I was behind like I was the win- like I'm technically the winner of that game because I was like so far ahead and everything like that I'm in the contemporary but because it was so far away and like the, some of the conditions for the end stuff it was basically like it said the game will end in like infinity turns because it was like the, you have to still meet the ends which means like you have to still research all the technologies to oh, like activate God. the science one or you have to kill everybody in the in the game and I was like okay but like I've pretty much already done that too Weird. so it's like i didn't quite hit the f- end of the game but i was also like i don't just want to sit here and just do the same thing just like trying to run out the clock yeah so i restarted a, a game um playing as the olmecs where i upped the difficulty of the game a little bit uh, when a couple of stages higher on that try to see if that like helps round it out a little bit more and try again if that kind of becomes the standard though like that's that's where i mean it's like i, I need a little bit more time before i can definitively find out definitively say like how balanced the game goes yeah. throughout the whole thing cuz that was a little out of balance yeah pacing imbalances is really detrimental to a game obviously both of us felt that way about cult of the lamb right so it's definitely a, a theme that i hope the game smooths out on its own because the olmex rule i want to be the olmex yeah, I, I, it's yes. really really cool also can i take a hot second to air my one petty grievance sure. about civ from a spectator's perspective mm-hmm. so i've never played a civilization game uh turn-based strategy is sometimes something I enjoy, but Civ has just never piqued my interest. But now having watched Bro Mogan play so very much of it, my one major complaint is that the soundtrack never feels like it matches the gameplay. Like the because it's a blend just, of all yeah, of like all kind of like cultures and eras and stuff and like flow that. Yeah. For no reason. So like nothing's really nothing of import will mm. be happening at the time. But the music is hitting this crescendo and you're like, why? Yeah. It, it's just it just made the whole tone feel very disconnected for me. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> Since I actually play on Switch and a lot of the time, like when we're watching stuff, I hardly ever actually have the sound on for yeah. Civ. Uh, I do like the soundtrack of, of Civ, but I do agree. It is kind of weird when you're like yeah, just kind of chilling, and it's not, got this like huge sweeping orchestral score going on. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Why like, just what's like happening? I'm just yeah, farming I'm just here. chilling. Everybody, back <laughs> off. <laughs> so, I get that the humankind soundtrack is good of what I've heard and listened to throughout playing. I've enjoyed it a lot there. Uh, the one last big thing that I will touch on that is like kind of the big because a lot of things like the city management that's kind of standardish. You know, you plan out your districts to get the best yields blah, 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 uh, technologies you discover, unlock new things you could build. Uh, military, we kind of talked about that and how that all works. The one last area is kind of like the diplomacy of it. I think civilization still overall allows for a more granule diplomatic experience where like you can literally be like, I will give you two, like five gold for this thing and then we're, we're going to do, you know, but then, ooh, that's too much. So I'm going to throw in, I need you to throw in this relic, this like religious very relic. Very monopoly. Yeah, it's like very like much handling individual pieces. Uh, humankind is a little bit more of an overarching thing where it is kind of like you have like these very basic proposals and you can just be like trade only luxuries. And then that opens up where you could just buy really quickly other luxury uh, things from other empires. Like you don't have to build trade units or or like a trader unit that goes to another place to set up a trade route like you do in Civilization. You just like buy it and then the trade route is established. Gotcha. So that that is a little bit there. I do like the relationship management of humankind uh, with the other empires over Civ, where in that it's so much easier. 
And I feel like it's easier to actually like put your foot in the ground and say, no, I don't like what you're doing in this game than it is in Civ. In Civ, like, in what so, way? Uh, for example, I can go up in Civ and settle a city that my opponent is like, hey, bro, you're too close. And they can tell me that. They're like, hey, you're too close. Don't settle so close to us. And you can say, sorry about that. I won't settle cities so close to you again for like 30 turns. And that gives you a diplomatic bonus. Uh, in human con- but then if they do that to you, there is not a way in civilization for you to say to them, you settled too close, back off, kind of thing. Right. Or if they if they do, well, wait, take that back. That might be wrong. There might still be a way to do that. But I, I feel like it's never they're just kind of like, fuck are you gonna do about it? <laughs> like every single time. Well, I, I don't obviously know the mechanics of it, but I remember Bro Mogan saying something about like you can be on pretty good terms with another uh civilization but they might just suddenly surprise war you and you're like well fuck i don't really yeah. have any recourse for this and i'm not ready and there's yeah. no way to like really punish them exactly yeah, yeah that kind of thing I, may, I might be wrong about the not being able to say like hey don't settle near me but i really uh every time i don't use them because every time i feel like i do demand it or try to demand something i'm like oh the, the only thing that like it feels like is that it will slowly after certain conditions are met like unlock an option for a special kind of war that won't give you so many penalties but in humankind say they settle in a territory that you wanted, you can literally go to that ruler, send them a, a thing that says like demand that restitution basically. And it can be in the term of like, they have to pay you some insane amount of money. And if they refuse it, then that increases your war status. Like your, Ooh. your like war uh, meter of like uh, to increase your, the odds of like being like, it's okay for you to go fight. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, you can also like say they take over a territory that you wanted, you're high enough, like in the in the food chain of being like, I'm the big dog here. I want that place. Actually, why don't you just go ahead and give that to me? They can like act like surrender the outpost to you. Ooh, so okay. it's kind of like really a little bit more fun in that way. With like the diplomacy feels like you could actually like fight back through diplomacy. It doesn't feel like they hold all the cards. Yes, or that it's just RNG. And exactly. You're, okay. Gotcha. So I like that little bit about it with the diplomacy. So overall, I am having a lot of fun with humankind. It's been like, it has been fun because it is a nice, especially with like how I talked about with the combat, a nice blend. I feel like of age of empires and civilization, which I am really, really appreciating. Like I said, though, I need a little bit more time before I can officially like say like, here's how it stacks against Civ. Cause right now Civ is still up there. Yeah. I need to get a few more games of it under my belt, see how it goes, especially in the later game and stuff like that. But for now it is a very fun and a very solid, um, turn-based strategy game option out there for people to try in terms of time commitment how long would you say the average round or like a full game of humankind takes in comparison to civ because civ Mm. seems like civ can take take a long time yeah um and again that is based all on the on the skill of the player you know like how fast you can make things happen so like you're an advanced player how long would you say see i'm an advanced player but i wouldn't necessarily say i'm a great player So then, I mean, I feel, I feel like that puts you pretty solidly in the middle yeah, ground. Like then. The middle so, ground. how long does a Civ game take you in most cases? That's a good question. Maybe um, like ten to fifteen hours. Yeah, maybe something like that. I think, like maybe close. Yeah, t- like you might be able to, to knock out a round in a in a good weekend if you just sit yeah, there and like really knock really it out. It. Yeah, gotcha. You could do that. And how about humankind? Humankind, it feels about on par. I felt like again, like when I was really rushing through the eras, I was like, oh man, this is really quick because I thought you hit that final era yeah. and the game's over. And I was like, man, I'm doing really good. I'm playing it so well. And then I got to the final era and was like, wait, the game's not over, and I'm only in the medieval era. I fucked up somewhere. <laughs> so like, I'm still trying to figure out what I didn't quite do. It does do feel right. like that shouldn't have been something that you can do. Right. So I'm, I'm so, really interested to hear later on. I'm assuming I just like results. totally botched my science research. Maybe and I was so. just, but then like, I was like, but then how was I able to expand so quickly in all these other areas? Yeah. I don't know. So I got to figure out that balance a little bit. So that's my really my only knock against it. But for the most part, it's a very fun game. My last question that I want to just sort of know later on, I feel like you'll probably get a feel for this with more games, is whether or not choosing to not change civilizations and like stick with one for Mm. the whole time is a pro or a con. And whether that's kind of like playing on hard mode, like to be the Olmecs the entire game. I think this one, since I did stick with the Mycenaeans in the first game that I was playing, I think I will switch it up with this game. That'd be interesting. like right now I'm playing the Olmecs. I'll try to switch around to say yeah. something else. Cause maybe I do start as I meet more people want to be more militaristic and fight like a neighbor. Cause I actually in this initial like setup had a couple skirmishes with a neighboring empire, which is actually fun. You can do skirmishes against enemy units and it not count as an act of war, which is fun. 
Nice. Um, and so I've been doing some skirmishes. So they're starting to kind of like push against my borders. And I'm like, hold up. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's Back all up, hang please. on. <laughs> so might have to take some aggressive expansion tactics there. But for now, having a good time with it. Uh, try it out if you're into Civ and games like that. Is it also, so Civ is a full price game, right? Yeah, it's a, I mean, uh, Humankind, I think I bought it. I bought it on a Black Friday. So it was kind of on sale. Uh, I think it's normally like forty. Though. Oh, so it's still it's more yeah. like a mid. It's a, it's more like mid range price, price price range for the game and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a good time. All right, awesome. Well, I assume that it's also available for Steam. Uh, that's where I played it. Yes, which um, means that you can probably just watch it for sales, and it'll probably go yeah, on sale. That's again. what I did because I was like, I want to try later. it, but I was also because like I want to try. There's a couple of games in this like strategy realm that I want to try. It's you know I want to try Humankind. I also really want to try Crusader Kings, Never but I feel like it. that one is pretty beefy, so I'm a little Crusader nervous. Crusader Kings sounds so much like a mobile game. It really that's does. the most mobile game title this is I've Crusader heard in a Kings while. Three, so like it's been out there for oh, a while. Oh well, yeah. So <laughs> I do want to try it, uh, but it's kind of thing. It's like it. it Especially after I kind of got burned on Age of Empires. <laughs> I was kind of like, I'm going to wait and maybe like buy these on a sale. So uh, right now your personal ranking would be Civ, Humankind, and then Age of Empires? Yeah, probably. And we're Stronghold in there. Ooh. Ooh. See, they're different. Yeah, like, I know. I know they're different. That one is more <laughs> RTS though too, which yeah. I, I, I admit the overwhelm is still there in those games also. Uh, but uh, uh, Stronghold's a little different just because since it's more of like a castle sim, sim builder yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than the Empire. But it, it's... I'd put it around the Age of Empires level, though. Interesting. For sure. All right. Good to so, know. But yeah. Well, very interesting sounding game. It is. Personally, <laughs> I will never play it. <laughs> I knew it was probably <laughs> not sure one, but it was like... I'm sure that somebody at probably Bro Mogan's listening and going, oh, that sounds pretty that interesting. Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So if you try it out, Bro Mogan, let me know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I thought I'd try that, out, that one out. But what is the... Uh, Solid impressions. What, what's the game that you brought for us Well, I, I mean, I don't really have that much to say about it, which is why we were just kind of sitting on it as like, a, well, maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah, because that went a little faster than yeah. I thought. Like, I was writing out my notes. I was like, damn, there's a lot. And this is going to take a lot to explain how all this connects. But Well, I really... And also, you did a full review of this game a few years oh, ago. That's true. Yeah, I have been recently playing Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Nice. So it was on sale probably like right before maybe it was Black Friday. Did you ever play the first one? Oh yeah. Okay. I played and finished the first okay, one. And okay. loved I couldn't remember it. That. I think we did our final review of Ori and the Blind Forest together. You're right. Wow, You're right. you just don't remember I'm sorry. Am I a joke to you? <laughs> <laughs> that was also to be fair, like it was three hundred episodes ago. ago. Yeah, it was a very long time ago. <laughs> so I, I we both loved Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah, great even though game. at times it was rage-inducingly not necessarily difficult. There were just parts where it felt really bullshit. Oh, like yeah. a few of the enemies, like basic enemies, just really felt like told. Yeah. Oh my god, those <laughs> fucking frogs. <laughs> Hate those or whoever frogs. the ones that shoot the the like the uh, poison, like the the the. Um... Different colored frog. Yeah, different colored. They frog. were all frog. All frog. Okay. All <laughs> <terrible>. frogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we both loved Ori in the Blind Forest, but had some complaints that about soundtrack. it. So, oh yeah, the soundtrack. Gareth so Gogurt. Oh, so good. Yeah. And then Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I don't know why I bothered to listen to people outside of my sphere, but I heard such middling reviews about it initially mm -hmm. like on the one hand you had the people going oh it's an incredible game you know if you like Ori and the Blind Forest you're gonna love it but then I heard all of these other people kind of like with these little needling complaints about it right. and one of the biggest complaints that I kept hearing was that it was too long and that they added a bunch of unnecessary side quests that weren't really helping the game and I was hmm. like huh I don't know about that. So it, it, it honestly did kind of put me off playing the game. So I wish I had played it when you did, though, because <laughs> we could have had a really good joint review about yeah. it. Because I'm playing through it now. I think in percentage, I'm probably 75 to 80% done with oh, the game. Oh, wow. You I'm are really close. achieving a much higher completion rate than I did. I am almost to the will Oh, the, oh. the willow. Oh. Yeah, so I, I think I think I'm at the very. Uh, I I actually have collected all the wisps. Nice. So I've got all the wisps. I'm. I think I'm on maybe the final quest. You don't have to tell me. Okay. I assume that the willow is sort of the final area. Well, of the I had game. to remind myself where you were when the last update you gave me. So oh, I don't. So, yeah. So I'm kind of like okay. I think I know where you're at. Yeah, it's, gotcha. It has been a bit because I played it 
around launch, which yeah. was like two ish years ago. Well, or something yeah, like I that. think it came out. Did it come out in 2020 or 2019? I think it was 2020. Okay, I'll, gotcha. I'll, I'll verify. Yeah, you can you can verify that. But anyway, so I, the point being, I heard a bunch of stuff about the game that made me feel like, oh, maybe it's not going to be as good. And it's not expensive, but it's also not you know a dirt cheap game because obviously it's well made. It's a quality product, even though it is an indie title. So I just didn't play it. Sure. And then I finally found it on sale, and I was like, great, now's the time. I'm in a mild gaming lull over the holidays. Right. This seems this seems like a good winter game, air quotes. I'm loving it. It's a good it's game. It's good. I Don't feel listen st- to the haters. I feel so stupid. Like, we say this all the time. People said vampires sucked, and that game rules. Absolutely. <laughs> so, like, why would I believe anybody else? So, the things about, the, the number one thing that I've noticed about uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is that the additional sort of for lack of a better word, fluff content that they added to the game is so Hollow Knight. It is very hard to look at Will-O-The-Wisps and not see how they were sort of directly responding to the insane hype that uh, Hollow Knight got. In in which way? Because I don't think I really, when I was playing, because I know I played it on stream. Yeah. And so I didn't really mess around with a lot of the side activities because I was trying to focus more through getting through the story. So like, in, how do they compare to Hollow Knight? I mean, Knight? specifically the addition of the more expansive uh, shard system, that's like a one-for-one charm system. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the shards were the very first thing where I'm like, okay, well, this is sort of just like in Ori in the Blind Forest, you just sort of had this expanding tree and you could either go for like raw power or a magic ability right. or I think like sort of life and survivability, vitality for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Whereas in Ori in the Blind, Will of the Wisps, the system is very much like, well, yes, you get your standard uh, power-ups through either finding vitality or mana shards around the map or what do they call them? Life cells? Life cells and energy cells. I yeah. think it's just life and energy. Uh, you can either just find shards of those throughout the map, you know, a la Legend of Zelda, piece them together, you get power-ups, excellent. That's pretty right. standard, and that was also in the first Ori game. But then they added in this whole shard system. So you've got all of these um, uh, sort of shiny little shards scattered around throughout the world, and I think you could maybe get them from, like, mainline quests too, that add this extra layer of either powering up certain abilities or giving you certain... Uh, like risk and reward type thing. Like one of the shards might make you take more damage, but you deal 30% more damage. Right, right. That whole system just felt very Hollow Knight to me. The types of power-ups that it would give you and the way that you can combine them. I was like, oh, that's Hollow Knight. The other thing is Lupo, the map maker, who you find throughout the world to make the maps for you. That's Cornifer. I was like, rip off. I remember remember in my my, uh, my, uh, review when I was playing it, I was immediately like, hey, this is the guy from Hollow Knight. I do remember that, that one. So the Lupo thing was like where I went over the edge. I was like, they are stealing all night. I like Lupo, though, because his I voice is like, he's like, oh, Baba Gondor. He is very cute. I do wonder, like, were they thinking, man, we all love Dr. Lupo so much. Let's right? Name one of That's exactly what I thought of, too. <laughs> So just little things like that and sort of the types of side quests that they added throughout the game, those, just the the overall package makes Will of the Wisps feel a lot more on like a sliding scale similar to Hollow Knight than Blind Forest did. Ah, okay. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I have been really enjoying it. I love, I'm the kind of person that loves stupid little filler side quests. That is my jam. Right. I am. I play the Legend of Zelda games. <laughs> <laughs> to completion. Fetch quests are my bread and butter. <laughs> so I've never minded that. And I also really find that may, there are specific things about Will-O-The-Wisps that are greatly appealing to me. One specifically is I feel like the movement in Will-O-The-Wisps was maybe tweaked just a little bit to make it feel less floaty. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the times in Blind Forest, I felt like there was always sort of a lag or it sort of felt like Ori was moving through mud, for lack of a better term. Will-O-The-Wisps doesn't feel that way to me. And there are a lot of different... uh, movement elements that they added that feel semi-new in this game that weren't in the previous one, uh, specifically for the sand area and a few other uh, bonus areas oh, around yeah, the map. The, sand, the, uh... the ability to like drill through sand and move really, really quickly and also have a dash mm-hmm. in that area. Love that. Yeah, that's and new. That wasn't at all. In, you know, there wasn't, wasn't that drilling in at all in Not Blind at Forest. All. So love that section. Really enjoyed the final uh, sort of gauntlet run in the sand area against the sandworm. So hard. That was It was very hard, but it was super well done. Right. I also liked that it was another sort of gauntlet run as opposed to just the standard 
standard boss battles. Well, and that's what, which felt weird. And that's what was different from Blind Forest. Yes, Blind Forest was only gauntlet runs. Blind Forest had like final bosses that were exclusively gauntlet runs. But in Will of the Wisps, at least two of the main sort of actually three, like the first three main yeah, bosses it, you fight. This is the a wolf. three-year-old game. Yeah, it, we can talk about. There's this. a big honking wolf that you don't kill. You just hurt it enough that it leaves you alone. Right. There's a big frog. Quallock. My fr- Quallock, my big frog man. Did love him. There's uh, a big spider. <sighs> oh, yeah. That I big spider. That. That, that spider boss kicked my ass. sucked. It's yeah, so hard. That was the hardest one. I actually struggled a lot with Quallock, though. I did, too. I, I had a lot of trouble with Quallock and with the spider, but... Because Quallock was the one you had to, like, launch the poison blasts and, like, hit him at and the right. And you were also partially in water. So you had to, so like, for, jump yep. up, shoot it, and then oh, go yeah. back down. Yes. Yeah. It was a real pain <sighs> in the butt. But this is the other thing that I wanted to point out from a movement perspective I really enjoyed. Every section in Ori that involves water, I think is so well done. Something about yep. the swimming mechanic, they just freaking nailed it with Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It's not quite like the old stuff of what you expected in like a Mario or a no. Donkey Kong where you where you really feel Hindered. And you're supposed to feel yeah. out of place and hindered, yeah. Uh, where like you're you're trying to get away, and it feels like you just can't move fast enough. You're slow. Or the all movement is really clunky, slow. and like the yeah. camera doesn't turn at the right part. Exactly. None of or that's a problem. It's like here. you're just like another place that you just yeah. thrive in. Kind of like when you eventually do get into the sand and you're burrowing around. They actually yes. like behave fairly They're similarly. Very, which is why I liked both of those sections so much. Yeah. Luma Pools was still my favorite part of the Luma game. Luma Pools is great. I know that it's like the baby intro level for babies, but I loved the bouncy bubbles. Yeah. That was such a fun mechanic. So I think the overall, the thing that I'm really enjoying about Ori and the Will-O-The-Wisps is that even though it sort of got Hollow Knightified, they still added enough new and fun mechanical elements to it, to the world and just to the gameplay in general, that I think it's turning out to be a really fun experience. So some of the bosses and smaller enemies are still total horse apples. That has not changed. <laughs> but for the most part, I think it is, I would call it an improvement over Blind Forest. I think so too. I think I'm enjoying it more. How do you like the story as compared? Because I still, don't care. I, I think the, <laughs> I, I know, don't care. <laughs> I know that was a big thing for me with, with Blind Forest uh, was, and why I loved it so much was how emotional and impactful the story was. I felt like for me that didn't quite connect as strongly with Will the Wisps. It's still a very good story, and I'm excited to see, to hear your thoughts on it once you do finish it up, but I think I do like the story of Blind Forest better. Yeah, so without fully fully spoiling it what what i'll say is that you start out the game with your little little owl companion yeah coo it was in all of the promo materials we all know that you start out with the owl i feel like it would have been more emotional if you had had more in-game time with coo before things happen and then you have to really go on your quest i was kind of surprised by that that too very rushed i will i will say i did feel like coo was supposed to be a bigger part. I thought so too. And then yeah. when that wind, wound up to not be the case, I was frankly relieved because I was like, oh, thank God, don't have to worry about this little feller anymore. Right. But then on the other hand, it uh, just didn't have that emotional impact. Also, what is with the Moon Studios' hatred for birds? <laughs> they, they are racist against birds. birds the are crows like, and like... Yeah, birds yeah. are the number one villains of Ori games. And it's like, why? <laughs> why do you hate birds? They were shown the... Alfred Hitchcock movie at way too young of an age. Yeah, probably were scarred them for life. Oh boy! But as a personal bird enthusiast, <laughs> it is that's the emotional part for me—the bird hatred. You're sitting there with your cats every day as they're staring out at the at the window. Yeah, at doing birds, their cute doing little like, chirps. Oh my god, they're cute little chirps. <laughs> cats. Anyways, so other than the blatant bird racism, I think it's a great game, and I think I'm probably going to finish it pretty quickly. Nice. I mean, I'll probably go home and play for a few hours tonight, and that might be enough to sort of send it over the edge and get me to finish but i do want to 100 percent the game so we'll see how that goes that'll be that'll be uh interesting to see Uh, because like i i thought there might have been a chance of that but then i looked at like what some of that was or like getting all the achievements and i was like oh well i guess you're on switch Switch, there there are no achievements achievements. that's true i just just want to 100 percent the game also so this is just like a small little thing that i think makes me love uh will the wisps the moki they are yeah. delightful. Oh, I forgot about the, the Moki. The Moki are so cute. They're like meerkat. Yes, they just uh, look like little lemurs almost, lemurs. but Thank with you. big ears. They're yeah. like a mix between a lemur and a cat. And it is just, they, they remind me of a lot of the, um, the, the, little, the little ferrets from Horizon. What are they called? Horizon. Big honking ferrets. They're the most oh, basic the, enemy. Uh, um, 
Not the Watcher. Not the Watchers. The Burrowers. The burrowers yes. yes. They remind me so much of those things, and that's my favorite creature from Arachnid. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the Moki. I love that they're kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and that they like need somebody to watch over them, or they're too stupid to survive on their own. <laughs> Protect us, yes. oh, overlords. It's like, okay, I will. I yeah. like you. I think you're cute. So I think that all of the side characters that they added are actually really cute and fun, and I don't mind any of the extra content, and I think it's a really good game. So nice. If you were on the fence about Will of the Wisps, because you also heard some middling reviews, throw those out the door. It's a great game. Give it, it a is. shot. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Uh, also fun with Will of the Wisps, the soundtrack also continues to be fantastic, but there's a special piano-only version of the whole soundtrack that Gareth Coker released. That's right. So I remember you telling you have to me about check that. check that out at some point, too. Man, I, the soundtrack in... Uh, maybe it's just because it's been a while since I listened to Blind Forest soundtrack. Will of the Wisps OST is Excellent. It's gold. It's gold. Every single track in every distinct region has been so fun. Lumapools especially is just yeah. so relaxing. I loved every track that played there. The sand area had a very fun flair to it. And uh, oh, the other thing that made me really think of Hollow Knight, the whole area with the spiders. That was just the, the where you go like down into the dark, dark yeah, depths yeah, yeah. and everything's really difficult. Yes. That's just, <laughs> that is like a oh, one. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that is a one for one to that one section of Hollow Knight. So I was like, the cheaters, <laughs> plagiarism. <laughs> Not obviously, but uh, it just yeah. really smacked of Hollow Knight. But that is neither here nor there. Hollow Knight's a great game, and so is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So give it a shot. Play them both. Fun. Yeah, play them both. Nice. Very cool. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed Will of the Wisps as well. Uh, thought it was a very fun game. Would love to hear everyone else's opinions of it as well. If you've played those games, if you've played Humankind, if you've played Ori and the Will of the Wisps, let us know. Yeah. We would love to hear from you. And if you didn't like Will of the Wisps, tell me why, because I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to know more about the people that didn't enjoy it very much. I thought you were going to do that, like the... Uh, um Tile Dagonites thing for the bloopers at the end. Well, if you don't chew Big Red, then fuck, fuck you. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't like Ori and the Will of the Wisps, fuck, fuck you. you know. no. <laughs> I just really want to know. <laughs> we are genuinely curious. We love to hear any and all uh, feedback or opinions that people have on video games because, hey, they're great and we love to talk about them. The ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but that pretty much wraps up this episode of Team Chat Podcast, everybody. But until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Wilson. Joined. Our co-host, Rachel Morgan. Adios. We will see you all.